a valuable person. You're not a number. You're not a ledger entry. You could never be replaced with AI or any technology or anything else. You are unique. You are uniqueness. Your consciousness could never be bought or sold. It's priceless. I see you and you see yourself. And who is anybody kidding if that AI was sentient and self-aware, it would be jealous of you. The purpose of the show is to give you some encouragement, some recognition, some daily inspiration to uplift you as you start your day or end your day and to help you get your best foot forward because your value is appreciated here. If you're a small business owner or a wage worker or somebody trying really hard to make it in these challenging circumstances, you are the heroes and the heroines of this show's story. Regardless of your political affiliations or your religious beliefs, your traditions, your tribes, whatever, you're the value. You are a valuable person. You're value in this economy. And you're seen. In a world of destruction and degradation, the world should see you for the value that you are and for the value that you create. If you're working a job and you are homeless or houseless and you have to live in shelters or cars while you work your job, this podcast is dedicated to you. Your resilience is recognized and you're not alone here. Different people do different things when they wake up. I smell the inside of my nose and then I hold on to the bed and make sure I'm really here because it's so hard to believe it. Then I exhale and I step outside and I make sure the stars are still where they usually are. And they usually are. It's a moment of quiet, anxious wonderment every morning. And I suppose one might say I'm an empiricist. Things are what they really are, but that's a pretty scary idea for a lot of people. How you doing? I'm Herschel Sterling, and it's day 14 of... Oh man, lucky you, you get to hear another story by me that I just wrote 20 minutes ago. Just 20 minutes ago, it took me 45 minutes to write it, it took me about 15 minutes to edit it, It took me about a half an hour to do the photo for it, and now I'm recording it. So the whole thing usually takes me about, I would say the longest I've ever spent was about three hours. But usually it's inside of two hours. Flash fiction, it's a great exercise. It's a really good exercise for your writing. It's a good exercise for your brain. It's a really neat thing. And so today's story... Is about preserving old memories, uncovering the hidden gems in your old family movies. Ever had old movies or old audio files like old records, you know, the, the, the wax records, the vinyl records, and you convert them to digital? I made a job out of doing that once. I had a job working. I would go and take people's old records and I would fix them up with digital software back when that was not. You know, before that was something that anybody could just plug into their computer and do it. You kind of had to know what you were doing. I did that for a while to make extra money. That was fun. Met some cool people doing that. Listened to some cool old music doing that. It was excellent. It was a really cool cool thing that I did for about, mm, about eight months. And then all of a sudden, software started showing up where people could go do it themselves. And good for them. Good for them doing it yourself. I had fun while it lasted. Oh, some of the clients were crazies, though. They were. It was hard to deal with some of those people. But most of them were really cool. All right, so listen. Here's the story. Preserving memories. Uncovering the hidden gems in your old family movies. Wanted. Looking for a movie projector 
to look at some old family movies I recently found. I need to see if they're worth converting to digital. I remember my grandmother liked to do a lot of scenery, but I don't want to waste my time and money on that. I could even just borrow one, maybe. The old screen we have is good. I don't need the screen. I just need a projector. Thank you, Paul P. This is Paul's ad for the local give and take. It's one of those services where people give each other things they don't want anymore instead of throwing them into the landfills. Paul inherited a lot of small things from his grandmother. Some of it is a box of old movies and a broken projector. Paul loves old things, too, so he's thrilled about the box of unique kitchen utensils and also the pile of antique tools his granddad used to have. That's not what this story is about, though. A little while later, he gets an email from a man who owns an antique shop. Responding to your give-and-take ad, I own the antique shop in town. I have some old projectors here. You're welcome to come and use one of my projectors. I have both Super 8 and the standard reel types. There is a space in back for you, and you can have privacy. If your screen is portable, you should bring it. I don't have any blank wall space here. I'm open from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Come anytime. Ed Jackson, Lost Country Relics. Paul replies, Oh, that is great. I know your store. I can come over pretty soon. Let me get my things together, and I'll drive right over there. Thanks. Paul P. Paul pulls up to the old storefront in the quaint, well-kept part of the old town, which is one town down the road from where Paul lives. The obligatory bell attached to the door clangs as Paul swings it open. He has his screen under one arm and a box of movies under the other. Hello! Paul goes into the store, which appears empty at the moment. He walks slowly up to the counter, looking around at all the old stuff. Ed comes out of the back room. He has a set of magnifying eyeglasses on his forehead. Hey there, welcome. You must be Paul because you're the guy with a box of movies and a screen, Ed says. I have a table set up for you in the back. I can leave you alone while you look through those. That looks like Super 8 film. Okay, I have got a nice little projector that works very well. Cool, Paul replies. He leans the screen against the counter. Show me the way. Paul takes the box of movies into the back and goes back and gets the screen from the counter. He's careful to maneuver it around all of the old nice things in there. Hey, look, you even have an old movie theater popcorn machine. That's cool, Paul says. Yep, replies that it works too. I'll bet you do pretty good business in here, Paul says. I love old tools. My tools get cleaned out as soon as they come in. It's hard to get a decent tool nowadays without spending an arm and a leg. These old antiques pretty much beat anything that you can get at a cheap foreign department store, Ed says. Otherwise, it's pretty dead. People have even given up on the old stuff in this country, he says. That's pretty sad, Paul says. Ed gathers some refreshments from the kitchenette behind his office and brings them over to Paul. Here's a few snacks, he says. I'll be just around the corner at the counter if you need anything. Wow, thanks, Paul replies. Ed can hear Paul in the back, enjoying the films. He laughs every once in a while and groans once in a while. About a half hour goes by and Paul comes out of the little space in the back. Hi, Paul says. Hey, um... This is pretty awkward, but I need to call the police. Paul is standing with his hands gently folded, and he's speaking very softly. I want to let you know they'll be coming here to look at one of these old films with me. 
Oh, Ed says, I hope it's nothing too terrible. It must be pretty bad if you need to call the authorities. I'd say it is, Paul says. I just need you to be here when they come so they know I have your permission to be here and what the situation is and everything. Certainly, certainly, Ed says. I'll give you all the space you need. I'm very sorry. You must have really seen something awful in those old films, huh? I'd say it's a little over the top, Paul says. I'll tell you what. You look a little distraught. Let me call the guys over here for you. Ed, the antique store owner, says. Paul goes into the back, and he gathers up the plate of refreshments and his glass of lemonade for Ed to mind. Hey, thanks for this stuff, he says, as Ed is just finishing up his call with the police. After a few minutes, Ed goes into the back and peeks in on Paul, who has his face in his hands. A moment later, the police arrive. Hey, boys. Ed said, there's a guy in the back who needs to talk to you. His name's Paul. He saw something in some old family movies and he needs to talk to you about it. Sounds weird, Cop A says. What now, says Cop B. Cop A goes into the back with Paul and sits down and Cop B watches from the doorway between the counter and the little back room. And Paul starts the projector. A few minutes pass by. Holy crap, Cop A says. Cop B reels around to Ed Jackson, charges over, spins him around, and has handcuffs on him in seconds. What the F, Paul? He screams. I never knew my granddad, Paul says to the three of them. They all told me he died in a farm accident. I didn't know he was tortured to death by my grandmother and some freak from down the road. He screams in Paul's face. The End That was my first ever attempt at surprise horror. I don't generally write things with that kind of subject matter, but I'd never done it before, and I've had some experiences in the last few days, and I think I needed to just kind of get it off my chest. Like, I think I'm releasing some pent-up... I witnessed a crime recently, and so I'm kind of shaken up, and that's probably why I wrote this. (laughs) that's, That's probably what that's about. So yeah, there you go. There it is. We're halfway through. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, anyway, what do you think? How was my first ever horror, surprise horror movie? How was it? I don't know how it was. I hope it was okay. I hope it was all right. All right, so you want to get into the ending here? Why don't I, before I go into the ending... Why don't I just tell you that I am Herschel Sterling, sometimes known as Commercial Herschel, every once in a while known as Controversial Herschel, very, very often known as Reversal Herschel. Don't find out. You can find me here at Substack mostly. You can also find me at all the different apps like Spotify and, and you know iTunes, Apple Podcasts, like all of the, all, any kind of podcast app. I'm on all of them. And you can also find me at places like Rumble, under Rumble Early Riser, Smell the Inside of Your Nose, Herschel Sterling. You can find me at BitChute at Herschel Sterling, Commercial Herschel. You can find me at HowTube at Commercial Herschel and um, Herschel Sterling. All of the different Web3 apps for you Web3 Lightning users. I am at Herschel, at Stacker News, at Noster, at 
blog stack and all of those. You know, I'm all it's all at Herschel. And um Fountain, hello Fountain, you're the best. You are the best. So I mean I know you're new, but you're doing you're kicking butt. And I appreciate you. And I appreciate you, Substack. You're doing great. I'm, gra- I'm glad for you. Keep doing what you're doing for us creators. It's a great outlet. We need it now more than ever. We need free speech now more than ever. Let's get into the end, huh? Let's get into the what I call the send-off, you guys. It's the same every day, only different. I do it almost the same every day, but it's different every day because every day is different. This place where we live is not a joke. When I gaze at the stars at night, when I look out over the hills during the day, I'm consistently reminded that we live on a planet in space, wailing through the galaxy like a screaming rock. We are on such a small planet in such a tiny galaxy that no matter where we are in our galactic cycle, the universe of stars seem immovable. That is incredible. We are a moment. We are an instant in an infinite universe. We are an infinite in an instant universe. And every event that has ever happened here and that will ever happen here happened simultaneously in the snap of a finger. The instances of existence are so close in proximity that the whole thing is a singular material event. It's essentially over already. It's hard to believe we are even experiencing it. I hope we can be here tomorrow. There are people who'd say that all of that makes us insignificant, and I very strongly disagree with them because the fact that we are so improbable is the very thing that makes us momentous. We're conscious beings. We can observe ourselves. We are consciousness observing itself. You are a refraction of light from a single source. You're the individual and the whole simultaneously. You're a masterful, mysterious, distinctive, and an anomalous paradox, and I'd say that that's rather significant. In the context of the time that our galaxy is here and the infinitesimal millifraction of time that we each have within that context, the reality of your consciousness and your power to observe and manipulate matter, to use space, the essence of your energy and your planning and your time usage in this three-dimensional Location, the influence of your refraction of the source is immeasurably exponential in the cosmic expanse. Because it expands as far as you are able to observe into the infinite universe because your observation affects it. You're rare. You're so rare. You're not only a body, you have radiance. You radiate light. Your eyes can't see the frequency, but there's light. You're a luminescent jewel that can shine on yourself from within yourself. You're significant beyond the perception of anyone else. You shine on yourself while you shine on others. And what an honor that you shine on me. Thank you. So go smell the inside of your nose. Do it right now.